What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Tunde Speaks, where we talk about faith, music, and popular culture. I'm your host, Tunde, artist, songwriter, record producer. Real quick, if this is your first time listening, do me a huge favor and subscribe to my podcast. Subscribers get early access to all my episodes, as well as bonus content from me, and your support will continue to help this platform grow. All right, so let's get into the title for this week. The title for this week is Church is Big Business. Church is Big Business. So, just through my observations, I want to say probably maybe over the last five or so years, uh, I've just noticed a shift in a lot of big name churches, mega churches. And a quick disclaimer, you know, or on a side note, if you will, you know, um, this is not the case for every church. I don't believe that every church is operating in this way. You know, I believe that there are still some good churches out there um, that are that are moving by the Lord and, and the focus is more spirit led, you know, and not monetary. But I feel as though a lot of the churches today, the focus seems to be less about the church itself, the body itself, and more about, you know, big buildings, big names, big concerts, merchandise, books, keeping those seats filled. Um, Real quick, I just want to share a verse in the Bible that really, you know, it really speaks to me. Um, and it's in the book of, it's in the book of John, John two, uh, verses 13 to, um, 16. And this is where, you know, Jesus, he's, he's clearing the temple courts. I'm gonna read it real quick. So it says when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. So I feel like especially that last that last sentence that Christ said, you know, stop turning my father's home, my father's house into a market, into a marketplace. I feel like that's where we're at with a lot of these big name mainstream Christianity churches today. Um, and, you know, on a side note, something I've also noticed, you know, in our community is, you know, a lot of times we'll say, hey, well, does it line up with the word? Does it line up with the word? And that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm big on that. But at the same time, for me, it's like, hold on, like, forget about doesn't line up with the word for a minute, doesn't line up with Jesus. You know, I, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of legalistic Christians and, you know, people who, you know, like it's, it's, they operate in this, this way of, if it's not in the Bible, then we don't do it. Or if it's not in the Bible, then, then it, it's, it's not true. You know, um, we got to follow this Bible verbatim. You know what I'm saying? Whereas my my perception is if we are Christians, if we are following Jesus, aren't we called to live by his example? You know, people call it cliche when when you know you when people will say, What would Jesus do? You know, but that's not cliche to me. I think that that's what we should be asking ourselves every single day in every situation. You know, what would Jesus do? You know, how would he handle this situation? Right? Um I want to share 
uh, an experience I had in a church uh, recently. This happened last year. You know, this is when I was, you know, really going through it, you know, going through my divorce and I was going through depression and, you know, I was so depressed to the point where I, I had no motivation to get up in the morning and go to work. You know, that's, that's literally how depressed I was where, you know, when you're depressed for anybody who's ever been depressed or gone through depression, you know, you, you start to make unwise decisions. You know, you start to make decisions that, you know, um, aren't really rational and such was the case for me. And, you know, was already behind during the marriage. Uh, and so, you know, leaving that marriage, I took a financial hit, but imagine already being behind financially in the marriage and then the marriage is over, then you take even more of a hit. That was my situation. And so for me, I'm really not the one, I've never been one to um, like to ask people for help. You know, I've, it's been hard for me to reach out for help, especially when it comes to money. You know, uh, especially when it comes to money, um, you know, this capitalistic society called America that we live in, it's, it's it can be very cruel. You know, I feel like the, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, ideology for a lot of people is man, every man for himself. And, you know, self, self-preservation is, is, uh, is a huge thing. Um, but even though that's been the kind of person that I am, you know, hard for me to ask for help, ask for money when I'm you know, just struggling, you know, I'm a little behind. So I said, you know what, let me reach out to my church. Let me reach out to my church. Um, you know, uh, a friend of mine from my Bible study, let me know that, yeah, they, they help people who are in need, you know, financial need, depending on their situation, you know, and my situation was, you know, I was facing eviction, you know? Um, and so I was just looking for temporary help, you know, for, I think just, uh, rent for, for, for one month, uh, just to kind of help me, you know, get back on my feet while I'm, you know, looking for work and, and, and trying to, you know, find my way. And so I reach out to the relational care department at my church and mind you, this was the first time, the first time I reach out the, um, the director, the, the, uh, the lady in charge, um, you know, had me, you know, fill out the form. I filled out the form. I, give all my information. I explained how much money that I was in need of. And, uh, they let me know that, you know, they were unable to assist me at that time. Um, first time. And so of course I, I can't lie to you. A part of me, I think the, the pressure of the situation and, and the fear of, man, am I going to be homeless? Am I going to end up on the streets? You know, uh, what's going to happen? The unknown, you know, uh, that pressure, kind of fueled a bit of frustration for me that first time. Um, but, you know, I, I understood. I said, you know, I, okay. Um, and I left it at that, you know, um, I didn't ask why, you know, in, in the first, in the first instance, but the second time I was still behind, I was still struggling. I said, you know what, let me try again. You know, again, because I didn't know the reason I, I said, oh, well, maybe they're low on funding. Maybe, you know, they're unable to help just due to a low on funding, you know, and actually, now that I recall, the first time I actually did ask, but she did not give an answer. She pretty much just repeated what she said. When I asked, you know, uh, uh, by chance, it's because there is a lack of funding, um, to which she responded, um, we are unable to help you at this time. Um, you know, stay encouraged. God is your resource. We love you here at blank. I'm not going to say the name of the church, but... So the second time comes by again, still behind on rent. 
just like, you know, let me try again. I reach out again. I fill out the form again and reach out to the same lady. And it's the same response. And so this time I'm like, you know what? I would at least like to know the reason why you are unable to assist. And so with love, with in a very respectful way, I just say, hey, you know, I noticed that this is the second time um, that um, the church has been unable to assist me with my situation. Um, by chance, would you would it be possible for you to at least let me know why? <clears throat> Excuse me, would it be possible to, you know, for you to let me know at least why you are unable to help at least just so I have a, a better understanding. And so, you know, she proceeds to explain and her words was that unfortunately they could only reserve funds um, for people in the church who were residents of the church and who were consistently tithing. And so when she said that, I still proceeded to say, okay, I understand. God bless you. And I left it at that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, should have drank some water before this. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Um, so with that, though, I really, I sat and processed it. And when I tell you, y'all, how much that irked my spirit. That did not sit well in my spirit. Forget about the money for a minute. Basically, how that translated to me was, unless I am benefiting you, there is nothing that you are willing to do to help me in a time of need and help. And as Christians, my understanding is that we are called to help one another, right? And not only when it benefits us. And the other thing for me is, when she said that to me, what immediately crossed my mind is, that's not Jesus to me. That is not Jesus to me. Jesus never helped someone. He never healed someone based on conditions. When Lazarus died and his family wanted Jesus to raise him back from the dead, he never said, well, hey, have you been tithing? Have you been tithing? You know, have you have you been praying? Have you been going to the temple weekly? He never said that. You know, when when the blind asked to see, when the the sick, the ones with leprosy, he never asked he never asked for anything in return. And so, if we are Christians, right? And to me, the terminology when I think of being a Christian as a follower of Jesus. We are following him. Shouldn't we be following his example? And so again, take that situation I was in. I go, wait a minute, this is not Jesus to me. And again, forget about the money. What hurt me is that a member of a church, maybe they, again, maybe they, they're going through it. They don't, their money's not right. They can't afford to tithe consistently, you know, uh, but they're a member of that church. They come every Sunday, you know, maybe they, uh, they're involved in other things related to the church, but they're not residents and they, and they, they are unable to consistently tithe. And maybe they are going through what I was going through. Maybe they are facing eviction 
And the church has the ability to help, but will not help simply off the fact that that person is not a resident and is not consistently tithing. There is something wrong with that to me. And to me, that is what is going on with a lot of churches. You know, you, you are having a lot of these churches that are not operating like Jesus. And the focus is not Jesus. Jesus is a tool in which they are using for monetary gain, for fame, for success, um, to keep bills paid, to uh, support their lifestyles. That's what's going on. And hey, I stay in Dallas. I'm in the Bible Belt. So there's a lot of that going on around here. You know, I, mean, I hate to <laughs> I hate to pull a Paul, but I might just have to pull a Paul right now. I mean, Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, Benny Hinn, just to name a few. Right. So, yeah, that's just something that I've been um, noticing in the church today. Um, and I think it's a big issue. And I think that Something definitely needs to change about that. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, a big problem that we need to fix. It's a big problem we need to fix within the church. And and regardless of that, you know, I still go to church. I still attend. Uh, because I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, you're never going to find a perfect church. And I'm not going to let people hinder me from experiencing, you know, my father. And experiencing um, growth, you know, in a church community, um, because there's still some good people. And so, if anyone's been in this similar situation, I encourage you: don't let it sway you from, you know, God. You know, God's not responsible for what people do. Um, but I do also sympathize if any of you have been in that situation, and it's made you go, "Well, if this is if this is what church is about, I don't want no parts of it." If that's you, I understand it. I uh, I empathize with you because I was there. I was there last year. You know, I just started going back to church this year. But if that's you, I'm definitely here for you. And um, yeah, I think I think we just got to do better. I think that the church needs to do better. I think we need to shift our focus. You know, it's it's some dark times out here, and it's some dark times ahead. All right, well that's all I have for this week's episode. Let me know what you guys think. Leave your thoughts. Um, in the comment section below, you know, how do you feel? Have you been in a similar situation? How do you feel? Would you say that churches are really the focus is big business, you know, and not so much, you know, about, you know, the body of Christ and the community and, and bringing people closer to Christ? Uh, let me know what you think. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast and I will see you in the next episode. Peace.